morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by one member of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how a new day is coming for American crypto regulation. After the SEC was handed losses in the Ripple and Grayscale cases, we're going to show you the inevitability of spot products being launched in the USA. While Ripple is continuing to expand their business model worldwide, me and Johnny will debate the inevitability of XRP profit from what they're doing right now. Will XRP be the bridge to global central bank digital currencies? And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, the title of today's episode is The Golden Cross Confirmed. So I didn't put that in the introduction, but that's what we're going to first. First of all, how you feeling, my friend? And thanks for being here. I'm feeling great, Abs. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love and appreciate you guys. For showing up every single day. You're just as reliable as that guy, Johnny. But I uh, appreciate you guys. Love you. And Abs is excited. Can't wait to hop into it. Plus, we got a weekend coming up. So uh, I'm super excited. And I'm sure you're very, very happy to see that Cardano has now doubled since you've been bashing. I mean, listen, I'm not a hater. If our listeners are making money, I'm going to celebrate. I promise you that much. Yes, I'm, not, absolutely. I'm not that arrogant, my friend. But we got absolutely. 250 people already here, guys. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to break down the Cardano chart today as BC Backer put out a great tweet. But we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we check out some of our daily movers this morning, my goodness, Johnny, I guess I'm going to have to eat my words today. Cardano is up Ooh. nearly 27%. We've got Algorand up 15%, uh, Solana 11%, Chainlink 9%, XLM and XRP both up about 5% of the day. A lot, of look at the A lot of green. Yes, it is, sir. When we look at the total coin market cap, we are sitting at $1.62 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 53% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 43900 and climbing steadily, Johnny Crypto. We're going to be breaking that down. We've got Ethereum at 2300 Is XRP really $0.67? Cents? That caught yeah, me off guard. It, I literally just look. It just pumped, man. That's you know what, guys? That is my cue to get right into the content that I put out <laughs> last night because last night I found something shocking. And I want to give a shout out to this man right here. His name is JD on Twitter. And he put out the original source for this, so I want to give credit where credit is due. So yesterday, I'm going to throw Johnny on the screen. Let me break this thing down. I found this on the four-day XRP chart. And what's so great about this data, Johnny, we're looking at six years. We're actually looking at over a decade of data on the XRP price chart going back into 2013 here. But what do we see only three times occurring over this decade period? That would be the golden cross confirmation that we're breaking down right now. And every time we get this confirmation, we get a breakout. The last two times we saw historic bull runs. And so this is an indicator for me to say, okay, we may be on the precipice of something over the next few months. As you can tell in 2017, the historical patterns show the fireworks in the XRP price chart as a 700% surge followed directly after this golden cross confirmation. And then we went on to finish this entire bull run up nearly 60,000% in a 12 month period. 
I don't think we're going to have those levels again, Johnny, but I think we could see something very similar to 2020, which right after this Golden Cross, we were sued by the SEC. So I want to be very clear about this. I think that diverted the data just slightly, but right after the Golden Cross, we went down 40% due to the lawsuit. And afterwards, we did a 10x. We went from about 17 cents to just $1.90, so about 11x if you really want to get specific. And let me just remind people of this before I kick it to you. Reminder that in 2017, when XRP soared 60,000% in 12 months, we went from a fraction of a penny to just under $4. That was directly after this Golden Cross confirmation on the four-day. And I want our listeners, comment in the live chat that we've posted, what's your 2024 peak price target? So with that being said, Johnny, let's start talking about this thing. Is there validity in what I'm pointing out here? I think it speaks for itself. When the indicators are rare, I think they're more impactful. We're looking at a decade. We've only seen this three times. Let me hear your take before I have to. I feel like you're going to provide a dose of reality, so I'm ready for that. Listen, somebody's got to be the Simon Cowell of this show, right? So you want the truth? You come to Johnny Crypto. No, listen, at the end of the day, Abs, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in charts too and certain things and certain, you know, Fibonacci's and things like that that always play out. And when you look at this chart, and for those of you in the car who can't see it, you'll have to come and watch it later. You clearly can see, especially on a long time frame, this is exciting to actually see um, very triggerous points. Now, let me just remind you of this. Let's look at where we are. It looks like on the chart, the green is still <laughs> below the orange line, but it's right at the line. So let's just wait to see if we don't get rejected off of that. But if we bust through it, then that would be some, you know, certainly what looks to be exciting times. And when you see, you know, when you bust through it, typically we get a run not that far thereafter. The interesting thing for me that we should check next is look at how far high the green line gets over the orange. Whatever that delta is, we need to do some work on that and figure out what that take. Whatever that difference is, we then can we want to apply that to this. Yeah, see that break right? Yeah, that gap and the one prior. We take those, we look at what those are, and when we see that happen here, we know it's time to get the hell out of Dodge. In fact, I want to be honest though, because I think that. Because of the price suppression in the previous bull markets, I think XRP is long overdue. But when I look at what happened in 2017, this is just something that I don't know if we'll ever see it before. Like, we've never seen it before. We'll probably never see it again. Look at what happened with the divergence. It just didn't touch the the below mark for about nine months here. So I'm not anticipating that's what's going to happen. But what happened in 2020 was that we were above there for a four-month period. Could we see a four-month bullish market for XRP in quarter one heading into quarter two next year? If you listen to people like Waters Above, that's exactly what they're saying. So I'm not surprised that we're seeing this correlation here. If we get a breakout, Johnny Crypto, we're in 2024. And I can go into a video right now from a banking official explaining how he he's going to explain to our listeners later in the episode, this isn't happening in 2025 or 2026. It's happening now. And all of the banks are in the process of going digital. We are yet to see full implementation. So that really corresponds to the price charts. It corresponds to what we've been broken down throughout the beginning of today's episode. But if you turn on Fox News or you turn on CNBC, you're going to see this guy sitting on your screen telling you that Bitcoin is used for nefarious activities like it's 2017. We've been through this before, Jamie Dimon. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me, can't get fooled again. The wise words of George W. Bush, my friends. But Johnny, we got 390 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And I've said a lot, so I want to give you the open floor. We're going to get more into the specifics of this new lawsuit as well, or this new uh, report that just came out where JP Morgan is citing XRP and Ripples as players in unlocking $120 billion worth of value that's trapped in cross-border payments. 
I'm going to give you a little bit of insight here. The headline is slightly misleading. So before we get into all that, what do you think about the XRP price chart and the fact that we are on the precipice of something that's only been seen twice before? And even worst case scenario, we did a 10X. Yeah, yeah. I think at the end of the day, when you look at it, um, you're, you know, as I said earlier, we're at a point, Abs, where a, a crucial point in time, which every chart typically will have some where you look at that crux and see where we're headed. And in this particular case, it looks like, you know, we are definitely on the precipice of a breakout move, and especially during a time when we're looking at everything else starting to pump around us, a little mini bull run that we got going on over here, pre, pre bull run, I guess, you know, actually bear bull, bull probably call it a baby calf walk, but whatever you want to call it at the end of the day, we, uh, you know, we're, we're, it, it is, it, it is, you know, look at where that, where that period, where that triangle comes together. We're, we're not that far. What are we about maybe six months away before we get to the end of it? So that's literally, yeah. So that's literally going to put us right in the heart of the having. I mean, the timing is perfect. You can't make this shit up. The and this is what I want to point out, because I think you can speak to this as well. When it was your first cycle back in 2020 and you're looking at the market, things just felt different. They it felt Things felt like there was a lot of misleading narratives, and there still are today. But who was the number one guy speaking out in 2017, Johnny? At, are you paying uh, attention, my friend? 20, I was reading. I was actually reading a reading a, a chat comment here. I always get sucked into the chat. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. So go ahead. back in 2017, it was guys like Jamie Dimon. It was oh, yeah. guys like Larry Fink. It was guys who were even speaking out against Ripple specifically. But now we have those same players in the market, not only talking positively about crypto, but offering it to their clients. And for that reason. I think this bull run is going to be different than what we experienced in 2021. And I'd compare it more so to what we went through in 2017. Maybe not exact same thing for XRP. We're not going to do a 650X here. If no. we do, congratulations to the 430 people in the live chat. You're probably a millionaire. But here's what I want to say on a serious note, Johnny. The, the fact that institutions are going to be buying these assets, holding them for the long term and offering it to them, offering it to their clients to earn a yield. That's something we've never seen before. And I think it's going to impact the price. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, no question about it. This, this, no doubt. I mean, I don't, I don't think we're going to see anywhere near a six fifty x. That's unrealistic to think we're going to go that high. Remember, when the price is low and you're under a penny or a sub penny or that, it's you know, you go to a dollar, two dollars. That's a huge gain, right? But when you're at two to three to try to do a six fifty or even a dollar do a six fifty, I mean, it's it's almost it's you know, we're not going to go from a dollar to six hundred fifty dollars, right? It's just not going to happen that quickly. So. Uh, we are going to see nowhere near those kind of gains. As I've always said, I thought we'd see somewhere between three. I want, I want to see us test all time highs somewhere between three and $10 would get me extremely excited. And I'm expecting something in that range. I'm expecting this baby to test the all time high, probably get rejected, then pull back do the double bounce and kick up. And then we're in, and we're in uncharted territory. And it will be nice to get into uncharted territory with XRP because we all waited for it last bull run. It didn't happen. We're all thinking that was because of the lawsuit. We're going to find out this time. We're going to get validation of whether it was a lawsuit or not. That or that was the monkey on its back holding it back. Or was it something else? We're going to find out, I think, in the next year. And I think we can look at people like what the bearable bull. Our live chat is talking about the bearable bull right now. Let's actually break down a collaboration that he had with Waters Above just I think it was just yesterday, maybe only two days ago, the same day that Waters Above was on our show, he joined the Bearable Bull, and he did some great technical analysis on XRP. And I know a great time segment that we can skip to here at 38 minutes and 17 seconds, if anybody wants to go and watch this after the program. 
Go and listen to the full TA here because I think it's so relevant to the Golden Cross that we just showed our listeners. And these are two pretty reliable. Uh, I, I want to give Waters Above credit here because Waters Above has been fairly reliable on these price target analysis. When it comes to the bear market, he was telling us, he was telling his YouTube followers as well, that if XRP was able to get to 88 cents after the lawsuit, that was going to be a range for profit taking. So he's not a maximalist by any means. And you can you can listen to him here. These price targets pretty much speak for themselves. We got 465 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And if you like Waters Above, throw a wolf in the live chat because we have a friend as well. With that being said, here we go. Would be breaking above the automatic rally. To be a little bit more on point with this, I'm going to pull up a weekly chart because we're talking about a lot of data here. You know, we're talking about over 2,000 days of data. I'm going to put it on an area. So this gets rid of all the wicks and tails. And you can see that this level right there, it sits at $1.58, $1.60. So if we get a weekly close above $1.60, that'd be insanely bullish for XRP. Until then, we're still suppressed. We're still in a buying zone. Um, even if we didn't get in at 30 cents. I mean, 60 cents is pretty fucking good considering where the all-time high is and considering where we can go with price discovery. I feel... So Forgive me for interrupting you, brother, but the kind of sense. So, Johnny, I'm going to give you the open floor, but what he said was $1.60 is a pivotal range of resistance. If we break above that, we're going to test all-time highs, and then we're going to have a real conversation about where these Fibonacci's and other um, technical analysis. What's the word I'm looking for? It's indicators. What's the word I'm looking for? What these other indicators are showing us in long-term timeframes. But first, I want to get your thoughts on what your initial reaction is. You know, hey, Waters has been pretty consistent, Abs, in saying that, you know, kind of pointing out, we talked about this on the show the other day, where the next resistance levels were. And I think it was around, and in his fibs too, he had around a dollar fifty or dollar sixty. Uh, it's a dollar fifty-eight. Dollar fifty-eight. There you go. So listen, this is the problem I have with talking about pricing is are we talking short time frame or long time frame? Because it matters. And and so while we sit here and we talk, oh, is it going to break a dollar? Is it going to make a dollar sixty? You know, the reality is, until it gets to like three, four dollars or above into that zone, I think that's the excitement zone for people. Everybody's expecting this thing to bust past the dollar. I think everybody's expecting it to bust past its all time high. Actually, that's a great question. We should ask the audience. Do you guys put a one in the chat if you think XRP is going to bust its all time? If you know, if you're expecting. XRP to bust its all-time high in this next bull run in a two if you're not. I would really love to see what where people's mentality is. I'm guessing most people, thank you, Alchemist, most people think that we're, you know, we're going to bust through the all-time high. Um, most people, I should say, are expecting that. And frankly, I yeah, look at the ones. Everybody's expecting it. So uh, actually, there's not even a single two. Oh, there's one, two. So uh, the reality abs is you can see the bullish sentiment for XRP from the XRP community. It's very, very bullish. A lot of ones uh, expecting us to bust through. And so for me. Wow. There isn't a single number two. There's anymore. only one number two. No, I went by. I couldn't even locate it. Yeah, okay. it, it's in there. There's one I'm going to give the stats for any of our audio listeners. I would say there's probably 35 to 40 ones. And there's probably one or two. There's only one two. I yeah, there's one. only one number two in here. So. 90% of the people think we're breaking all-time highs. No, 99% of the people think we're breaking all-time highs, right? Let me so break it down, actually, 92.7%. There you go. Let's get that right. That's not a radio station, guys. If you're out there, don't change the channel. <laughs> but, but uh, <laughs> you're supposed to 92.3 all-time with Howard Stern. But anyway, 
the reality abs is that we are we are on the precipice of something that feels great monkeys off its back but man if this thing doesn't bust its all-time high based on you know that sentiment that you see people having people are gonna you're seeing already people are already kind of on the fence losing faith for xrp now we have a couple levels we have to bust through to get there and if we want to talk about what those levels are not expectations what our price where we expect the price to go but just the levels that we have to bust through there's some key ones if you look at the fibonacci and thank you for pulling that up right there you can kind of see them right there right we're looking at what's a dollar 36 a dollar 97 i don't know if those are the 0.618 no no no. this is uh so this is 92 cents and then that would be a dollar 36 and then we have a dollar 97 at that last level of resistance we don't even have volume above those ranges if you go back to 2017 a lot of people pretend like we reached three dollars and 75 cents that was on one korean exchange it was only a few transactions the real volume for xrp it doesn't get much higher than two dollars and 70 cents if you go through the data so just want to throw that in there yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, I think, um, yeah. I was looking. I was trying to look at the Fibonacci's un underneath there, or those levels that you have to the right side underneath. But it looks like that might be just price. So anyway, the point being is there is definitely going to be some some resistance that we have to bust through, and we know those points, right? Around one sixty. Then I think all time or last time's high will be something we have to pass through. I think it was a dollar ninety seven, and then and then we got the Almighty, you know, the three seventy three eighty. Those are three key resistance point levels that you want to look at to see how we handle. How does XRP hold up when it gets there, right? Don't be surprised if we get rejected at every one. That's normal, right, to have some resistance at those prior key levels. The question is, how soon do we able to bust through it? And if we do, that that means we're on our way to hopefully retesting the all-time high. And when we bust through that, that's going to be super exciting time. It's also going to be a nerve-wracking time. I'm going to tell you right now, you're all going to be nervous because for some of you who are planning to take profits, you're not going to know. We don't know what XRP could do once it gets past 3380, right? I mean, the Fibonacci's will tell us a little bit, and we'll have to see if, if it matches those. That's about all we have for predictions right now that I trust, but we'll see where it goes. Thank you, Johnny. And we got 493 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I got to give kudos where kudos is due. Cardano is performing extremely well today. So, Johnny, I want to remind you, you judge a man's character by how humble he is when he's correct. So I'm going to preface this by saying that. And here's, I don't know if you got that joke, but here's what we're going to talk about today. is BC backers breakdown on the Cardano price chart because he was calling for this just a couple of weeks ago. And this is when Cardano was sitting at 28 cents. He was calling for a spring on the technical analysis. And I think this really speaks for itself. For our audio listeners, I just, it's too much to break down. But if you can look at the screen right now, he's anticipating a big spring, slight resistance of what I would call the sixth trading range here, and then an inevitable breakout past a dollar for Cardano. So that's what he's predicting. Well, we're in the midst of that. He's been stating that for several months. He put that out in July. Here we are in December, and Cardano wicked up to nearly 52 cents in value this morning. I'll break down what it's trading at specifically in just a little bit, Johnny, but I want to give kudos to where it's due because this is a project that went from three cents to $3 in a year in 2021. This isn't old data guys. So Cardano, it has the opportunity to do massive gains and, and I do have a little bit of uh Cardano bags. I'm allowed to say that, right? So I can say what I own. I have a little bit of Cardano, but it's one of these projects that I've been very critical of for two reasons. One, the developers that are working on the network haven't correlated to real world use cases. That's the biggest thing for me. Number two, my beef with Charles Hodgkinson. I'm only kidding. I don't let that affect my investments. But the first thing really is just the developers not bringing real utility to the network. We're yet to see that with Cardano. They continue to navigate to blockchains like Ethereum, Solana, Matic. 
And if you're talking banking, XLM, XRP, we go to Africa, it's HBAR. So there's a lot of opportunities besides this project. This isn't how it was back when it was initially created, Johnny. But um, I want to give you the open floor. First of all, congratulations. Cardano's doing what BCB called for. So kudos or kudos go to you. What's your initial reaction to what we're experiencing? And do you think we could possibly hit a dollar on the Cardano price chart? Well, I mean, first of all, you know, look at that chart. You see what's a, 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 there's a W that's forming there. That's called a double bottom. And a double bottom is a very strong reversal. And that's obviously what you're getting is we, you know, the elites testing out where the bottom is. They got it. And now they're going to send the home bitch flying. And, and, you know, the thing is, the thing about Cardano, when I first got into it four years ago, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday on the show, it had a great, great narrative. And the narrative was that Cardano was the ETH killer. And so it pumped, you know, it did really, you know, it's, it's the narratives that drive a lot of this stuff. The question is in this current bull run, does that narrative still hold up? Does the, the, it is now that we have more data, more information and we've seen how it's performed. Is Cardano still going to be viewed as the ETH killer or has that now passed on to Solana? And Solana get the benefit of that narrative and, and suck and draw all the money in to drive the price up abs. And so to me, that's that's kind of the question that I'm looking at and waiting to see. But I mean, the chart looks great. Look at that thing. I mean, it, it looks like it's ready to start. I want to point out two things for anybody who's just looking at the price chart right here, Johnny. First of all, look at how low the volume is. So we talked about how, how Cardano's done a 2x over the last four months. When you hear numbers like that, it sounds like the opportunity has gone from the project. Zoom out, take a long-term approach. Look at what happened in, back in the previous bear market. They don't even have the data here. We went up in the bull run to $3.10, and we retraced a classic 95%. We are now still 80% down from our all-time high. There is plenty of opportunity in the price chart, and the volume being so low tells me where we are relative to the rest of the cycle. If Cardano was sitting here at $0.60 cents with tons of trading volume, I'd be looking with red eyes. I'd say, oh, this is dangerous. I'm going to back away from this project. But the fact that the volume is low, the narratives are low. There's no like e Cardano ETF news pumping this project. If there is, inform me in the live chat. But that's what gets me really positive. That's why I think we're entering a new phase for this market out of the hopium, out of the depression, into the optimism, Johnny, just like Waters said. And we got 505 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. There's a lot that we've been talking about, and I'm sure we have some new listeners joining us. To start off the show, we broke down these XRP indicators that are showing up for the first time in over three years, and it's the only time they've showed up since the SEC sued Ripple. Um, we are on the precipice of doing a game. We're, we're on something precipice of something big, but I think it's a good time to transition into the actual content that we prepared. This is a banking official um, explaining how the shift is already happening behind the scenes, Johnny, and we talk a lot about ISO or a lot of other YouTubers do. And people don't understand what's the implication of that for many of our favorite. This is a little indicator of that, guys. So smash that like button, enjoy this video. We'll talk about it afterwards. That we all know happens with ISO 2022. All right. So looking at 2024 then uh, and getting your forecast, what are sort of the main big steps to sort of summarize what we've covered? I think the big steps are is, guys, it's just going to happen. And whether you think it's 2025 or it's going to slip to 2026, it's not. It will be a 2024 issue. And actually, you need to bite it. You know, you really need to get yourself ready. And 
if it was up to me, I would say automate it because otherwise you're just going to be doing a lot of busy work and that's not good for you. It's not good for your customers. So what he's indicating here is the transition is happening next year, not further along. Now, does that mean these projects are going to profit next year? We don't have the answers to that question. What we do understand is that they're making the transition we've talked about for over five years now. I'd like to hear your reaction, Johnny. 2024, not 2025 or 26. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, the years are tough to predict because I'm not close enough into these banks and working with them and seeing what they've been doing. Anyone who tells you is, you know, any influencer, unless you're connected or working with the banks, you, you don't know. It's just all speculation. But I know we have a couple of people in our chat. One's a banker. And actually said, thank you, Mark. And actually said that they are testing XRP right now. I think it was Robin, where their bank is testing it and then trials of it. No surprise there. You know, I think that we are in the heart of testing the utility of this stuff so these guys can make a decision. Then, so if he's saying in 2024, the tests are coming or, or they're going to actually launch it live, full-blown utility, sure. This, sure, I can believe that one or two banks or some banks – are going to maybe try it, launch it, see it, get it out there, do a beta test. Um, you know, it's, it's possible. Who knows? Um, because we, we know that XRP is working behind the scenes for banks to push their technology out there. So we have to see. But to me, I've always been saying, and I'm not going to stop saying that I kind of feel the real utility and stuff is going to come after 2020. Full-blown, longer-term adoption, 2025, 2030, is when you'll really start to see it all come together. If you don't believe me, Go look at the internet. They started chattering about in 1994. Kind of really started happening, you know, before the masses came on board. It was more close to the, the two, early 2000s. It takes time. Now this is a little different. This is going to be stuff that happens in the back end, and it's going to so it'll be quicker. But that's why I'm not saying it's going to take 10, 15 years. I'm thinking more three to five years before we see a good chunk of reality or adoption settle in. Guys, we're going to transition into some content about Elizabeth Warren and American regulation. But before we do, I want to have an open conversation with Johnny about Ripple's business model and the profit that it may provide for XRP. While I'm pulling up some new video in the background, I'm going to pull up an illustration or a presentation that Ripple gave this October to a banking partner where they're showing how they utilize XRP in their on-demand liquidity system. And then they give up some they give up some stats behind it as well, showing how many transactions they're doing. So I do think it's very interesting. But Johnny, you had a very interesting argument yesterday about why you believe Ripple's business model may not be profitable for XRP. I'd love for you to outline that now, and then maybe we can talk more about it. I'm going to pull up this video in the background. Well, I, I wasn't saying Ripple's. What, what I was saying, just to be clear for anybody new listening, is XRP, the actual technology or cryptocurrency that runs on it, on the, the XRP ledger, is not, the main going to be the main source of revenue for Ripple, the company, in the long run. It will be one source, but they're also going to have custody solutions. They're going to have tokenization solutions, uh, maybe mar mar um, AMA market solutions, right? So AMM. So the reality is they're they're going to have they're going to source income from multiple different level places. And what I was saying is, XRP is just going to be one of those places where it actually comes from, not the whole not the whole entire source. And that's why I said I like personally Ripple the company as well as, as XRP the token because I believe that they are going to do things to put that company in a position to grow 
and generate income in multiple, with cash flow, we'd say, multiple sources of income. That's what I think Ripple's setting themselves up for, is not put all of their bags in one entire, or all their eggs, I should say, in one basket, which is just the XRP ledger token. Uh, there will be other areas that they're going to be generating income. Listen, we've done over 500 of these episodes, and I still can't get the man to mute his phone, but we got 531 live listeners here. Show us I'm some busy love. Man. I'm a busy man. I, got, I need to be access. You can be a busy man with the mute button on, my friend, but we got 500 people here, and I want to respect their time. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about real stuff here, and I think that you made a great case. The, the phone didn't distract me from what you actually said. You said that Ripple is expanding many of their business models into custody, tokenization, centralized currency development, and also on-demand liquidity payments. And I think that's one of the reasons that they were sued by the SEC. Let me just go off on a little bit of a tangent. Back in 2020, when they were sued by the SEC, the SEC was openly communicating with JP Morgan. And then JP launched their Onyx protocol uh, just a couple of days beforehand. Johnny, I got to kick it to you because the Wi-Fi floor is yours. Yeah. So, all right. Once the Wi-Fi kicks back in, I guess uh, this would be a great time, Abs. And maybe I'll be talking about the... Uh, you know, extra you guys, we talk about having, you know, as things are pumping, things are moving up high. What we want to talk about here is making sure you have an exit plan during this piece. So as we talk about, you know, it's so great apps. People are texting me, calling me, sending me images like, Johnny, thank God for my own. I'm, I'm, I'm getting alerts. I'm selling. And this is awesome. This is exactly what we wanted. We wanted people to learn to take profits. What's the best way to do that? Create an exit strategy. What's the best way to create an exit strategy? Have a tool that does that. What's the best tool to do that? Marlon. Merlin, smartest way to track your crypto. Click the link below if you're new to the show and you haven't seen it. We're giving it away for free for 30 days, Abs. And I don't know if you got any screenshots of it there, but it would be awesome that you know people can kind of see that it brings all your coins at one place. It also allows you to be able to see your gains and losses. And most importantly, you can actually create an exit. Right, there we go. There's our markets page. Um, and but but you know, and, and if you get to the assets page, you'll see all your coins in one place. Keeps it really cool. Easy to track because abs, I'm going to tell you, one of the most important things when you're in a bull market, I don't know about you, and this is a fake portfolio, by the way, guys. Don't try to hack it. It's not abs' real account. He's got way much more money than that. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway I'm just teasing. Um, I don't want to say yes or no because I'm just I don't know what the right answer is there. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, the right answers don't say an answer. So the point is, uh, guys, so important to have an exit strategy. So important to know when to get out. Click the link below. You're going to be, or just go to www.merlincrypto. And let me just say this, Johnny. I think one of the most unique things that's undervalued about Merlin, and we're going to get into this article comparing what JP Morgan said. We're actually going to talk about how JP Morgan's misleading people with this new document that's been released. They cited in their new in their new document, Ripple and XRP are going to be a key player for unlocking $120 billion worth of value. Mikey or Tones, I need Johnny for the hour. You got to give me his attention. But here's the thing, guys. We talked a lot about Ripple's utility in uh, in leveraging XRP. This is the video I wanted to play. So I'm going to slow it down here, and I'm going to break down what's said, first of all, in this new document that was cited by JP Morgan. Then I'm going to play a corresponding video. So JP Morgan released a report stating that they can't find an efficient solution to SWIFT in the private sector. You heard it right. They're claiming that currencies like XRP don't work, and I'm going to provide a couple of quotes for you here. They said the high volatility of XRP is leading to limited willingness from banks in using it to facilitate payments. They also concluded that the efforts of the private sector were in cross-border payments have been a partial success, not a full success. 
We are yet to see a scalable and seamless solution that can work across countries, currencies, and payment systems. They're addressing XRP here, guys. In response, JP Morgan proposed a multi-currency central bank digital currency network that could serve as a viable blueprint to address multiple issues currently. It claimed that the approach has the potential to make a 24-7 real-time cross-border payment solution tangible and achievable in reality. So long story short, what are they saying? Decentralized currencies like Ripple are bad. Centralized currencies like what JP Morgan wants to provide here are good. Well, that's not true. And I brought the evidence. Johnny, we, I know you're holding up that paper. CBDC is good. Decentralized currency is bad. Well, this is the question, guys. Is it bad that XRP is a volatile asset? Is that a legitimate question to ask? Well, it turns out a lot of banks are asking that same question right here, guys. And that's what we're going to provide right now. We got 541 people here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is a presentation that was given in October describing how Ripple leverages XRP and how volatility, it doesn't matter. Here we go. As a customer, is there any exposure to fluctuations in the price of the cryptocurrency? Yes, great, great question. Um, no. <laughs> as, a, as a business that's been in this industry for a long time, we know that the, the senders and receivers are very focused on fiat. That's their lifeline, that's their blood, that's their entire business. So we hide any real visibility into the cryptocurrency XRP. So in the system, you'll really just see a fiat-to-fiat -fiat, um, payment option. Um, because of that, we hide and protect our customers from any fluctuation in the open market. Um, it's irrelevant to you how much XRP equals how much Singapore dollars, for example. All you want to know is that you can make your $1 million. And there you have it, guys. He basically explained how the volatility for XRP is not something that's going to impact the banking model they provide. And that's exactly why you can't listen to sources like JP Morgan. The name sounds great, right? JP Morgan, Bank of America, it's got to be a reliable source. This is just a false claim, and I'm going to read it one more time before I kick it to you, Johnny. The high volatility of XRP is leading to limited willingness from banks to use it to facilitate payments. We just played a Ripple uh, a video from Ripple employees explaining how that's not the case. What's your immediate reaction? First of all, is there even an argument to be made by JP Morgan? And second of all, how did you feel about the uh, the comments? Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel that it doesn't matter what Ripple says. Ripple's a company. It doesn't matter. They're going to push their technology. They're going to push what they want. What matters is what customers are saying. So the reality is the weight of this, to me, it's more meaningful the weight of what JP Morgan as a customer trying out their technology says and means than Ripple the company. And listen, every company is going to say their product is the best and it's great and it's no problem. It doesn't matter what they say. It matters what the customer thinks because if the customer don't like the product, customer ain't going to use it. And Ripple will go on and say, oh, that's great. That's a problem. It doesn't matter. It's like what The Rock used to say. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what, what Ripple thinks. What matters is what the customers think. And Ripple, JP Morgan is not the only one to come out and say that the volatility is an issue. If you remember, we had you had the um, we had a video for the MoneyGram guy, I think, and he came out and said, they tested the technology and the volatility was an issue too. So one or two things can happen here. Ripple can continue to just deny that volatility is an issue and people are going to not use the product because of it. Or they can figure out a solution that solves for that in the minds of the user, not their own. And then you've got a solution. 
So, let me ask you this. Okay, so you said a lot there. First of all, the reason that MoneyGram cited volatility as an issue for XRP, well, they're using XLM. That's just as volatile. And the settlement is three to five seconds. There's almost no exposure to the open market. So those fluctuations are irrelevant. This is very simple for people to understand. If I'm buying a candy bar and it's a dollar and I'm the, in the time that I'm handing Johnny Crypto the dollar bill, the price isn't going to change. It's the same thing with XRP. It's just a bad example, I guess, where you're talking about like the amount of time that they're holding the currency, then exchanging it is so small. It's three to five seconds. They should be very clear. It's like yeah. three blinks. You know what I mean? So yeah. the exposure yeah. argument is BS. And I want to go back to the MoneyGram thing you brought up. MoneyGram was intentionally... Not only did they dispel their partnership with Ripple right after the lawsuit, they were intentionally being misleading with the open market. I can pull up interviews from their CEO where he goes from saying one thing to another, completely opposite viewpoints in only 12 months. And I have to think that's from the partnerships that were being established at that time, which is they moved away from XRP and they moved into Stellar with their MoneyGram partnership. Now, what is XLM being used for currently in MoneyGram? The on and off ramp. They're literally using XLM as an on and off ramp but they're citing XRP's volatility as an issue. If that doesn't tell you they're they're at least being misleading, I don't know what kind of evidence you're waiting for. You know what I'm saying? Well, it tells you it's like I always say. Yeah, let me grab it so that you can read it. You can read it to the audience. It's not so, what you know, it's who you know. That's right. They got certain relationships, certain things in place. And obviously, you know, the argument that both XLM and XRP, you know, same thing. You're right. The transaction time, if it's only two to three seconds, you would think the volatility wouldn't matter. It shouldn't if it's that quickly. However, maybe what they're seeing is when they're transacting in large, large numbers, the volatility is moving the price too high or too low to the point where it's becoming an issue for them, right? We, we don't know because we're not sitting there at the table with them and understanding. We're just hearing it from a second, third, or fourth source. So it would be good to understand the real issue or concern here. But I'm, I'm guessing that that may be it, and that's why a stablecoin you know, it's ultimately going to end up being, of course, the CBDC. It's going to be stablecoin. Um, but can it run on the rails? Yeah, potentially. So that's what we have to wait and see, Abs, at the end of the day. But um, hard to say why volatility keeps coming up. But the fact that it does is something you should pay attention that the company, should, the Ripple, should pay attention to. Let me be very clear about what I think we're witnessing, though. I think we're witnessing intentionally misleading headlines. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to make any claims about it. We've seen it before, literally. These people lie to our face on camera and nobody holds them accountable. I, I'm not saying this is a primary example of that. I'm saying it's a it's a possible example of that. With MoneyGram saying the things they're saying about XRP, removing the partnership, saying they agree with the SEC during the lawsuit, all these other things, while using XLM as an on and off ramp. Over that, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, talk about the say, don't spit on me and tell me it's raining. Well, know? let me tell you what's happening there. I'll tell you what's happening there. So Ripple paid MoneyGram to use the technology. And then, of course, when the whole thing, you know, lawsuit came, maybe fell apart and they didn't want to be part of it. I'm sure now XLM's paying them to use it. So, you know, don't don't get too hung up on who MoneyGram is using because if they're paying for it, then the, the reality is that doesn't – that's not a vote of confidence for me if a company is being paid to use somebody's technology. Now, what is a vote of confidence for me, for me, is when Frank, when the when the seller CEO came out, and if you remember, she said abs, Franklin Templeton went, found the XML technology and implemented it. Bullish. Without, yeah, without even being without even being pushed for or sold 
on the technology or paying them to use it. Franklin Temple went out and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go pick this one. We're gonna try it. And, oh wow, we like it. This is actually pretty good." That. <laughs> that is bullshit. That tells you this. You know what? Now that you're saying that out loud, I think that if we were to really take a t- take our time and have a f- several hour conversation about it, we could probably connect some really big dots to why Franklin and Te- Franklin Templeton was willing to do what they were willing to do with XLM. Why did they know that they could go to the SEC, make that filing, and not get sued? Why don't we see companies doing the same thing with Ripple's product because they know there's a threat of being sued? So I want to know where does that boat of confidence come from? And I bet you if we investigate, investigated it, shout out to the node defender, we'll put him on the case. But Johnny, I want to play this video as well. This is a Ripple employee describing how they use XRP. Here we go. What we, you know, what you do is you, you pay for payments in your local currency that is used to buy XRP in the middle and XRP is liquidated into the beneficiary currency. Again, no... At no point is this market off limits. It doesn't matter that your bank is shut over the weekends. You can make you can make cross border payments at any time between almost any currency, and uh, and you do that through the network. So three seconds for a cross border payment, because of a concept that's called atomic settlement, your your payment will either pass in full or fail in full. So we don't have the same failure rates and. Because of these efficiencies, the cost is dramatically lower as well. You're not going through intermediary after intermediary who will all take a cut. You're just liquidating directly to a receiver, a regulated receiver in the market that you need to get to. So I think you heard it right out of the horse's mouth. She actually described how the technology works and how quick it is. Um um in terms of being able to settle these solutions so for me it's very very fascinating sorry i got caught reading it i I was reading a comment about xlm so for me it's very very fascinating to actually see that happen (laughs) although our 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 crowd our chat room sometimes can be rough on people apps but uh, what just happened i think johnny's having a stroke or something no 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 i was just reading like it caught my eye somebody put something in all capital letters and it snagged my eye sorry about that. oh that's okay but uh, uh, good old Pancho. But anyway, um, you know, it's very it, it, the way the technology is designed and the way she describes it, you would think like, okay, within a matter of three seconds, the price shouldn't move much. The only challenge is whenever you're buying pockets of something in big chunks and sums of money, that in itself moves it. Whereas with a stable coin, it doesn't move. And that's why, you know, you're probably going to get this push continually between do I use a stable coin? Or do I use a, a cryptocurrency that is so quick, that happens so fast, that the volatility should be eliminated, therefore allowing the price to be much higher to fill, you know, to serve the market cap of the daily trade volume, right? That's what we're looking for. So we'll have to see where that goes. Well, Johnny, I think we can switch this conversation up a little bit too, because we're going to talk about American regulation. And there's some big updates that came this week, not only from Jamie Dimon, not only from Kevin O'Leary. We got Elizabeth Warren on the case, but this is the important part about our show. This is what I love about being able to control the content that we put out. We're going to show you the other side of the argument. So when you listen to people like Elizabeth, I don't even want to say names because I want to get this video shadow banned or anything. When you listen to people who are speaking out against crypto, they're telling you a very specific narrative. Bad people use it. Good people use cash. Bad people use Bitcoin. Good people use JP Morgan coin, right? Very, very simple to understand. 
Well, what's the other side of that argument? And I think we provided a little bit of evidence yesterday about it, but I'd like to defer to Kevin O'Leary, Johnny Crypto, because even Kevin O'Leary understands that the reason JP Morgan is anti-crypto is because it hurts the margins at the bank. So with that being said, we're going to play this video. Here we go. We've been deeply opposed to crypto, Bitcoin, et cetera. If I was the government, I'd close it down. I actually factually disagree with him. When you transfer digital assets, there is a forever chain on the blockchain. In the UAE, they have launched the M2, but it's 100% compliant with the ADGM over there, and it's owned by sovereign wealth. Do you think the sovereign wealth around the world would get involved in trafficking drug money? They don't do that. What they've done is they've said, this is a compliant exchange. Jamie is right to be concerned because it's going to kill his margins. If I open an account on M2 and I want to transfer to Simon Britt 80,000 Swiss francs, I can do it in one second at a fraction of the FX I'm charged. Boom, Johnny Crypto. I'd love to get your comments. I'm going to play another video. I mean, listen, love him or hate him, Kevin was spot on. He's spot on. I mean, <laughs> the banks are fearful of this technology because it takes money out of their pocket. Why, why wouldn't they be? And the banks have a lot of control, a lot of influence, a lot of lobbyists. And you're going to see a, a, an anti, you know, this is what Yusko was talking about. When Yusko said there will be a then they fight you stage, this is the then they fight you stage. And the reason why, because they are taking money, out, you know, cryptocurrency takes money out of their pocket and they don't want to lose money. Makes sense. Common sense, right? Who wants to lose money? So there you go. That's the battle. You know that you got a bunch of big boys on the other side with a lot of money. They're going to pour a lot of money into these senators to get them to say exactly what this one is going to say right now. New threat out there. It's crypto. And it is being used for terrorist financing. It is being used for drug trafficking. North Korea is using it to pay for about half of its nuclear weapons program. We can't allow that to continue. Here's what we can't allow to continue. People to tell us stats like new, North Korea's nuclear program is 80% funded by crypto, and we take them at their word. Where is the evidence of that? I've never heard that cited before. We'll probably never hear it cited again. And that was the first question I have. But, Johnny, I got another video. I just wanted to get your opinion on this as well. Uh, I mean, you know, you talk about the other side of the argument, right? Now, it's too bad there was no counter argument there because the counter argument easily is this. It's okay. You're saying, Elizabeth, uh, Senator W, I'll call it Senator W. Senator W, you're saying that crypto is bad. It's being used for nefarious and bad things, and it can't do no good for the society. But cash, which is being used 100x more times than crypto for the same nefarious activities, is totally okay to do. I mean, the argument is it doesn't hold no water. It doesn't hold zero water, but it's easy. It's easy, Abs, when you're on TV and you're being paid to say a narrative and to drive that narrative when nobody is on the other side arguing it. And so that's why all you hear is that. Now, the bad news about hearing that is a lot of people saw that. A lot of people watched it. A lot of people are going to continue to say now because they heard Senator W say that. They're going to keep saying, Johnny, you're crazy. Abs, you're nuts. Susie, you're nuts. And Cheerio7, you're nuts. Why are you investing in that? Why are you investing in that thing? You know, yeah. Why are you investing in that thing? That's Let me scale. ask you a more important question. And not that you make a great point, but think about the fact that what is she pro? Pro-centralized currency. It's insane. 
There's no, there's not even a debate. Yeah, she already came out and said it. She already said she, she, listen, she read this sheet. She literally read my sheet that I wrote a year and a half ago. I told you all, this is the narrative you're going to hear, right? Year and a half ago, I told you this was going to be happening. And here we are a year and a half later. And now all of a sudden you're starting to hear it. And let me tell you, you're just starting to hear it, Abs. It's going to continue to come. It's going to, this is the beginning of hearing that narrative. It ain't going to end until we have a CBDC. That's only going to get worse. Do you really think we're having a CBDC in the USA? Yes or no? Do I think we're going to have a CBDC? We will have some form of a CBDC at some point after a major, major fight. And, you know, through the good and the bads of it. And it will be in a position where they'll position it where it will not be direct to consumer. It'll go from Fed to commercial banks and then to us to be able to ease the concern of the Fed being able to control everybody. I think that's how they're going to do it. I think it's, you know, it's inevitable. I think we're headed there. But I also think at the same time, some of these blockchains and cryptos are going to coexist and live and live uh, and create a new a new sector, a new economy, a new a new market, if you will. There's a lot that we can say. I want to close this topic out with a comment about Elizabeth Warren's crypto, um, I guess, background knowledge here. This clip really speaks for itself. We got 565 people here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here on this Friday. I hope everyone has an amazing weekend. And these are more fun conversations. So with that being said, here's Elizabeth. And I, I do want to separate crypto from cryptocurrency. Sure. Um, which is, if I buy Bitcoin, am I buying a share of stock? Or am I buying a pork belly? Or am I buying uh, euros? Or am are I buying? you buying air? Oh, wow. Okay, you're going in. What <laughs> is it? I'm going in. Yeah, what is because it? Because that's the point, is that it's, uh, you're buying something that, other people believe either is going to go up in value, presumably that's why you're buying it, or think it's going to go down in value, which is presumably why someone else is selling it. But that's it. It's a it's a bet on whether this this thing, this uh, ephemeral token, will become more valuable or less valuable. Bates, uh, or am I buying a port? Floor is yours, Johnny. I mean, I mean, you know, everybody's gonna kill me for saying this, but I have to. She ain't wrong. She's not wrong about that part of it with Bitcoin and saying people are buying it to go up. They're buying it as a store of value, just the way people buy gold as a store of value to either preserve your capital or for it to go up in value. There's no question. I mean, we're not all sitting here saying that Bitcoin is gonna be the cross-border payment solution or it's got another real world solve other than store of value. I mean, that she isn't wrong. On that particular part of it, I'm not going to argue with her there. People are buying it for speculation. They are buying it because they believe it's going to go up. They believe it's a transfer from the trust system to the truth system. But it's another form of, of currency. And the reality is this. here, Here's the, the part that's probably the most important. Anything can have value if people believe in it. The only reason why this piece of paper is worth anything, Abs, at all, is because you're willing to take it on the other side. And so is everybody else in the chat. You're willing to, because the world is willing to live it. So if this piece of paper gets replaced by what she likes to call air, electrical air, right? I'll call it Bitcoin. If this piece of paper, you know, or, or XRP or whatever, then it, it holds value. It holds value. And that's the bottom line.
So we'll have to see what the world, the world is going to get to vote. The world is going to get to vote on this app and the world will decide if Bitcoin is going to be a store of value or not. It won't be Senator W unless of course they put some legislation to block it and make it illegal. But if they leave it alone, the world will vote on whether or not it's going to be a store of value or not. Guys, this is the opposite end of the argument. As this is a, a Ripple employee, Chris Larson, Ripple's co-founder here, describing how what's happening is not an accident with American regulation, and they're incentivizing very specific projects to succeed. Here we go. Compete with China. How do we keep up? And, you know, till now, frankly, U.S. regulators have actually helped China by officially giving clarity to the two protocols effectively controlled by Chinese miners, Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's a mistake. Um, we've got to also give uh, clarity at least, and maybe even support, if this really becomes a tech cold, cold war, like it's looking like it will be, uh, to technologies that are more favorable to U.S. and its allies' stewardship of the next-gen global financial system. Otherwise, we face a potential catastrophe. You know, I don't know what the odds are, but there's some meaningful uh, you know, probability if China was to get control over the next-gen financial system. I mean, that, that could really be devastating to American uh, power and its allies' ability to, to uh, you know, uh, make payments to uh, defense payments to uh, an ally, uh, American banks that might be blocked or throttled back on, on uh, how, how fast their payments go. Uh, you know, you could even see some terrible situation where a U.S. company that has a low Chinese social credit score could be blocked from that new infrastructure. You know, those are bad outcomes, even if there's a small percentage chance that happens. We've, we've, we've got to check that to make sure that we're involved and we're, we're competitive as a country. Sorry, I had to mute on. Yeah, he's, he's 100% right. No question about it uh, at the end of the day, Abs, when you think about it. Um, allowing a, a, another country to have control over the next world's monetary system is going to be detrimental to the U.S. I've been saying that from day one. Uh, or, or I should say to U.S. citizens, because it's going to change our lifestyles. So many things are implemented. So many things are impacted. Your life, the monetary value of it, what its purchasing power is, and your quality of life. So we definitely, uh, he's right. We need to stay at the forefront of it and be there as part of a solution for this thing when it happens. And you're on, I think you're on mute there. Maybe you're not. Yeah. Sorry, guys, I'm here. We have 539 people here. Thanks for being here on this Friday. I'm just going into the background data, and I'm going to pull up the user poll that we ran today because we had over 439 votes on this poll. And the question that we asked our listeners is, what is your 2024 peak price target for XRP? We got nearly 440 votes in this one hour, so that's pretty awesome Ooh. data. On the screen, guys, and we'll break it down. As 42% of our listeners believe we are heading above $8 next year, Optimism is in the air, my friends. Second place is 24% believe five and eight dollars, 22% believe two and five dollars, and less than 10% believe we will be under two dollars next year. Johnny, I want to pull up another data poll that I have right here because underneath the tweet that I put out yesterday, I put out this poll as well. The same thing I asked our user live chat today, and I want to run over these statistics. So nearly 1,800 people voted on this poll in 12 hours, and we found out that 47% of the XRP community believes we're going above $8 next year. 20% think we're going to be between 5 and 8, 15% between 2 and 5, and 16% believe we'll still be below $2. So there's a lot of data to break down here, and I think it's pretty credible that we have all this to break down. So with just four or five minutes left in the show, what's your immediate reaction to these stats? Opium is in the air, my friend. 
Well, I mean, listen, I'm not surprised. Abs. We know that a lot of people have always felt when I, whenever I put out polls and ask people what their exit target is for, for XRP, you know what the first price target is? Everybody says all time high. No, no, not even, no, not even close. $10. Oh, okay. People say they're selling at $10. So that's like that. That's so I'm not surprised when I look at this poll. And I see 50% of it at $8 or higher or plus, you know, I think you meant to say eight plus, but anyway, so the point being is um, I, I'm not surprised. I, I've expected that it would be like that. Cause I know there's a lot of people who, who believe and want to sell at $10, which is why I'm selling at nine ninety, just for the record. No, after <laughs> full disclosure as one of my price targets, but you will see, I think a chunk of people holding out for that, that $10 mark. And that will be a very, very interesting time. Johnny, know. we only got a couple of minutes left, but let's actually kill two or three minutes by scrolling through some of these tokens here because the markets are so interesting. We've, I think it's worth just kind of looking at the prices relative to where we are. $43,000 Bitcoin, $2,300 Ethereum, $0.66 cent XRP. And XRP is up 9% on the seven days. So a lot, of the, a lot of my text message threads are saying, what's up with XRP continuing to lag? Remember this, XRP moves last and it moves the highest, at least from previous price history. We also have Solana up 21% on the seven day, but Cardano is dominating up 42% on the seven day, sitting at 54 cents. There's a lot of opportunity in the market and I don't want people to get confused. AVAX is another one. That's up 25% on the seven day, sitting at $28. This is something we have to get used to. Get used to days where you wake up, the token's up 25% and there's a lot of hopium in the air. Just pre be prepared. It doesn't mean that you should be selling these assets. It doesn't mean you're close to profit taking. But it means you got to consider the fact that we're in a bull market and you should have a plan about when you are going to take profits. On a lot of these projects, it's very easy to just go to the all-time high and think, will more money enter this project in 2024 than it did in 2021? Well, if the market cap got to $3 trillion in 2024, Johnny, and Mark Yusko is humbly predicting $5 trillion, there is going to be a boatload of money circulating through these projects. And I think this is just a great example. So we've talked a lot about a lot of stuff today, but we, I don't even want to kill people with the exit plan. So give me something other than an exit plan. But seriously, what is your reaction with a minute left? All of these prices are pumping, but we're not in the midst of a bull market yet. We're still in this in-between phase. It's very interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. We are kind of caught in this kind of semi pre-pump, if you will. But that is usually the, uh, the precursor to a bigger market coming later. This is like where, where I mean, maybe and some of all, most of the smart money is already in. Maybe some institutional money is getting, you know, is already, um, it's already in, but maybe there's some last laggards of it getting in before we see the real pump next year. You could see all the excitement of people getting in right now. And, and there's not a, go ahead. I was going to say, and this is what I wanted to show people. One of the things I, I don't know why we haven't shown this more often, but we're allowed to show the exit plan, I believe on air. I yeah, just absolutely. Yeah, so this is one of the unique, unique advantages guys. And this is totally fake. This is something I use when I'm, when we're talking to clients, these are fake price targets, but what can I do at these prices? I can calculate exactly how much money I'm going to make. And I don't have my estimated tax return in here. Cause when I'm speaking to people, I use their number, but it shows at these price targets, I make $150,000. Now I pay taxes, do the math, do about 30% off that. That lets me know exactly where I'm going to be. There's no confusion about it. And that's why I love Merlin. We pitch it all the time. But we got 435, sorry, 535 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to say thank you to everybody who joined us today. And a special thank you to Johnny Crypto. I hope you guys all have an amazing weekend. And like we always say, Warriors, rise.
Get your shit together, baby, and check out 30 Days Absolutely Free Merlin. First link down below. Let's go. Have a